Hey, good evening, top fans. It's Bill from Top Fan Rivalry with another Before the Bigs, another Top Fan Rivalry Clubhouse. I'm excited. I've got another coach in. We've got Coach Gino from Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas, Nevada. Coach, how are you? I'm pretty good. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm excited to have you in the clubhouse tonight. Um, I'm excited to be here, I'll tell you. Perfect. Before we get started, those of you that are listening to this, um, there's ways where we can help uh, the coaches program out. If you go onto our Top Fan Rivalry site, as you're listening to this, obviously went through the podcast, you can go into the team store and you can order one of our Top Fan hats. Not only will it be um, a dollar off, but you can also enter the discount or the code um, Bishop Gorman, and we're going to donate 20% of that back to his program. So by all means, uh, top fans that are listening to this, if you want to donate to a great baseball program, a great coach, um, please, by all means, do that. So enough of that. Let's talk about you. So coach, tell me where you played. Tell me a little bit about you. Tell me your bio. Well, um, I'm a graduate from Bishop Gorman High School. Um, I played football. I played basketball. I played baseball. Um, in my high school days at Bishop Gorman, um, never played football, but I played baseball my whole life. And when I wanted to get a little bit of taste of football at Bishop Gorman, I ended up liking it. And my senior year, I had a choice to go play baseball on a scholarship or go play football on a scholarship. So at that point, my mentality was still football. And I decided, hey, you know, I'm going to go to college and play football. And then I'm going to talk to the coach and, you know, with my baseball uh, I was, you know, highly touted as a baseball player. And so I chose football, but then unfortunately, um, going up to the next level, you know, no matter what happens, no matter how good you are, there's injuries that occur. And that's exactly what happened to me. It kind of ended my career and everything. Um, but I, but at that point, you know, I looked and, you know, highly touted in football, highly touted in baseball, chose a path of football, but my love and passion has always been baseball. And I always said, you know, whenever I'm done playing and as far as I can go, uh, I'm going to go back to my alma mater, Bishop Gorman, and I would like to be the coach there. So I ended up doing that. I started at Bishop Gorman in 2000, but it was football because uh, they already had a good baseball coach at the time. And I was coaching American Legion back in 2000. Back in Nevada at that time, American Legion was really big. And I was at Las Vegas High School where Bryce Harper went. And I had many, many successful years. I've had, you know, state championships, regional championships with Las Vegas High School and uh, waited my turn, was waiting my turn and waiting my turn. And finally, uh, in 2015, um, I was approached by the school and said, hey, you know, we need somebody to clean up our program. Uh, we need to get this program going in the right direction. A lot of talent here, but the discipline is kind of all over the place. And so I took over the program and cleaned it up in that year, my first year in 2015, we finished number two in the country, uh, won a state championship, which we were a little disappointed. We thought we should have uh, won the national championship. We were number two the whole year. And um, the team from actually it was San Dimas was ranked number one that year. Wow. They lost in the playoffs. So I'm like, there's no shot that I'm, I just won a national championship in football at Bishop Gorman in 2015. I'm hired my first year at Bishop Gorman. I can win a national championship in high school baseball. I go, this is amazing. And then we ended up getting leapfrogged by a team from Georgia that was ranked third. And I remember USA Today called me, congratulated me, and asked me how excited I was. I go, well, I'm not really too excited. And he goes, well, what's, what, what, why are you not excited? And I said, well, you, we talked before the season. You saw the talent that we had. 
you saw we had 14 D or 15 D1 commits. Um, you told us that we were, you know, Nevada baseball in general, that time was one of the top five, 10 uh, powerhouses in the country, Nevada. So everybody you play is going to be tough competition uh, because I've always said Nevada baseball can play with anybody. You know, you got some teams here that, that are really good. Yeah. Um, and you said that we had the second toughest schedule in the country. And I go, we went 35 and two and we beat like seven ranked teams that year in the country. I go, I don't get it. He says, well, he goes, you know, we've, the team from Georgia, we just felt this, this is not. And I said, and I had to get my last dig in. I said, well, that's okay. I go, because every scout I talked to said we beat him two out of three. I go, but you know what? I go, we'll take second. I go, that's okay. The number two in the country is not that bad. And ever since then, we've just, uh, I've been focused on just teaching at Gorman and, and, and coaching baseball there. I gave up football, obviously, because you got a national, you know, championship caliber team in football. Last 12, 13 years, we've won two national championships in baseball, Bishop Gorman, and it's a full, it's an all year thing. So it's kind of, it was kind of tough to handle both. Um, and so that's basically how yeah. it went for me taking over the baseball job here. That's amazing. And, and I'm sure that USA Today coach now gets your voicemail, right? <laughs> he calls it. Oh, I see that guy. I'm sending yeah, a voicemail. Person there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> voicemail, voicemail, voicemail. Oh, that's a great story. So, so, you know, you've, you've been around the block a little bit and, you know, you and I are, are roughly around the same, you know, chewing the same fat as far as age is concerned and other things. And so the game has changed drastically since you and I were playing it. What have you noticed about how the game is played today, even at your level, at the high school level, what have you noticed that's different about the game today? I think I've noticed there's a lot of different things on, for example, like technique, um, swings. Um, everybody has different type of approaches to the plate. Everybody has an inside out swing. Everybody has a full extension. Everybody has the, you know, the, the punch straight. It, it, it's the, the way you feel the ball now. Mm -hmm. um, how you strategize for a game. Um, there's just a lot of, it's definitely different from back when I played. I'm sure when you played, um, you know, everything was just basic. You know, we had, you know, you had certain kids that were kind of advanced, you know, maybe far ahead above other people. And, but as far as what's changed with that part of the game, that's what's changed. Now, as far as other things, um, as far as club ball, club ball is becoming a lot stronger. Um, they, they, they're doing you know, a lot of good things and showcasing kids. Um, which is a great thing. Sometimes it can be a bad thing because you got kids that want to play club ball a little bit too long, and then you get a short season with them because they're too busy playing club ball. You know, at Gorman, we give them till October and they're done. Then they belong to us 100%. So go in the summer, and you can go all the way through the summer through October. Go do your thing because a lot of them travel to Georgia, Florida. They go to these big major club club ball teams. Come October because we start weights in September, so weights are mandatory. And then the second week of October, they're done. They're with us full time. Another thing, especially being at Bishop Gorman, that was definitely not back in the day when we played, is kids as early as eighth grade have advisors. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say anything positive or negative about that. My opinion is, um, you know, 
it's just, it takes, it kind of changes the game, especially for the young kid that, you know, the advisor, I mean, I understand they're there for the right things and they do the right things and they're leading them and guiding them because especially if they have the talent to do it. Um, but I just think at that point in time, you know, especially when you come in your freshman year and if you're one of those dudes like a Bryce Harper or Joey Gallo or, you know, Chris Bryant, um, we've had some really good players at Gorman that had advisors and I get it. That I get because you're looking at potential top three round picks. But yeah. that's the part that has changed the most that sometimes you just got to just, you got to go with it. Um, but as far as everything else, it's still a game, you know, and, and um, yeah. You know, coach, it's funny that you mentioned that this summer I attended an area code um, tournament out at Loyola Marymount in LA. Um, a friend of mine was was pitching in it, um, and his dad and I are close, and I've had him on the, the podcast a few times. And as I was going through this little book that they had for area code, I had no idea that this was 20-some-odd years old and that they picked kids from everywhere. And just these crazy tournaments, these showcases now that didn't exist when I was playing. And, I mean, it just – I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because it's – to me, it's just – it's so much. It's almost too much. Sometimes. You know, it, it is. And the thing is, you know, and, and a selling point for them is a lot of times that they're going to go ahead and they'll pay for everything. They'll pay for you to go live wherever you got to live out in that state. They'll pay for your travel, food allowance. You know, I heard the best line. So my pitching coach up until, oh, about four years ago was Greg Maddox. He was my pitching coach. And I played against uh, Greg. And I'm going to say this in front of everybody that's listening because he likes to argue with me about it, but I hit a base of load triple off him when I played. <laughs> I was very young and he was very old, but I still hit a base load triple off him. But he told me, he yes. says, he thinks that kids, when they're done with baseball, go play another sport. Get away from the game a little bit. It's too much. He said, this is why kids right now are peaking way too early and then they get mixed in the shuffle as they move up to the next level. That's where arm injuries start to happen. That's when your body starts taking wear and tear. Just take some time off or go play basketball or go run, you know, do something that doesn't, you know, connect to the same time you're playing baseball. He says he doesn't get it. He goes too much baseball all year round for every, every day of your life. He goes, it's hurting the kids playing baseball. And, you know, and I, I, I agree with him hundred percent on that. At least you have a positive experience with somebody from the MLB. I, I pitched to Ryan Klesko in a Connie Mack league in the summer league years ago, and he hit a ball off me that hasn't landed. And <laughs> still, and so I was an incoming freshman, and he was, gosh, either he had just graduated or maybe his, he was a freshman year in college or something. And our coach believed that he wanted us to take a beating, you know, to play up, not play down, right? Play that competition that's up. And I go in and I see this guy and I remember his name because it was a weird sounding name. Right. And I throw a fastball because I think I'm pretty awesome at that point, which probably topped out at 75 and Ryan hit it out of Blair field, which is in long beach. If you've never been there. Oh yes. Uh, I've been there. Okay. So, you know, so he hit out of Blair field out of right field. Oh yeah. You know, I don't know that it's landed yet. And that was <laughs> 1990 or 1991. I mean, he just tattooed it. It was like that cartoon where you see the person licking their lips when they see something coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, that's an old, we saw that's where an he old, went. We saw where I went. So that's a, that's an old stadium, man. Those days you built a lot deeper. The field, the yards are so much, the dimension so much farther. You know, I've been fortunate because I have uh, I picked up another good pitching coach. He pitched 12, 11 or twelve years successful years in the major leagues. Dave Risky okay. uh, was with the Indians. He was he's best friends with CeCe Sabathia, so they played together in certain teams. And you know, they just believe that overdoing it, you got to, you have to take breaks. Now I've had a lot of kids get drafted in the first round since I've been at Gorman and they've had kids beyond before that, you know, and the smarter ones would sit there and say, you know what, in the summer, I'm going to probably play maybe, maybe three tournaments in the whole summer. That's all I'm going to do. And then in fall, they'll do their club thing. You know, they have a lot of club things out here in Vegas, uh, scout teams, um, And, and I'll tell you what, Tyler Whitaker last year, he went first pick to the Houston Astros and he just calmed down. He calmed down. He was going, going, going. And then finally he's going into his senior year. He says, you know what? I'm going to take a break. I'm only going to play in two tournaments this summer. And that's all. Ended up being the first pick of the Houston Astros. So I just yeah. think, you know, it's a plus and a minus. The plus is you get exposed. The minus is if you keep going and keep going and keep going. Baseball is a game of um, you're going to get in a funk. And you're going to sit there and get, you know, in a slump. You're not going to be able to throw strikes. And I think the more you do it, then all of a sudden you start showcasing. You start the velo goes down if you're pitching or you're missing pitches you should be crushing because you're just worn down. And so – and we play a national schedule at Gorman. We play the best teams that can possibly we can play. Um, you're going to get your exposure. And, you know, just limit yourself is what is my point. Yeah. So as a coach, what do you look for? in a player? Um, I mean, whether that's on or off the field, what do you look for in a player to, you know, be successful? That's easy. Mental toughness. Um, I'm a very, and I'm sure you've talked to Eric Bohr, but he'll tell you, I'm a no nonsense type coach. Um, we run our practices with the motto on our shirts, learn, learn to live in the land of uncomfortable. I put them that, Right through practice, that's how we practice. Uh, game situations, we get in that land of uncomfortable. I, I tell our team, I can guarantee you they haven't practiced that way. They haven't prepared that way. We have. We'll be able to handle it, not only in baseball, but in life, because you're going to be very uncomfortable. A lot of things as you get older in life, when you become an adult and you got to handle things as an adult, but mental toughness. Now, I'm not, you know, I don't blow up on my kids. I'm not constantly on them. You know, I'm, I'm a calm coach until it needs to not be calm. Um, all I ask is you come and work hard. We practice on Monday. At the end of practice, the last thing I tell them is, okay, tomorrow, Tuesday, let's be better than we were today. And then Tuesday, let's be better. On Wednesday, let's be better than Tuesday. Um, I always tell them, if you can handle what I'm going to throw at you, you're going to handle anything in life. You'll handle any other coach. Um, I'm not the best coach. I'm not, you know, perfect in everything that I do, but I'm confident in my philosophy and the style that we teach. Um, and to play baseball, it's a mental game. Also with mental toughness is you're going to have to learn, you know, baseball is a game of failure. So you're going to have to understand that if you strike out, are you mentally going to be good when you go back on the field? When you come to the plate the next time, how are you mentally going to be? And if you keep it, I tell my kids when they can't go, I, I can't, I don't understand. I see the ball, I'm missing it. Because mentally, you're out. You've taken you're your own worst enemy. And if you can learn just to kind of accept the failures, I mean, I tell guys, hey, major leaguers will get three hits at 10 at-bats. They're bad 300. They get paid millions of dollars for that. 
It's it's a game that you just have to be mentally tough, short memory, let it go, because we're going to call on you one time. You're going to be in the next inning. You may have to come up with a man second, third. We need you less than two outs. We need you to put that ball in the air to tie the game. Um, so mental toughness is my biggest, biggest thing. You know, you can teach how to swing. You can teach how to throw. You can teach how to field the ball. You can teach how to throw a ball, but you can't teach mental toughness. You know, coach, it's funny. I just interviewed another coach in Arizona, um, and he's got a couple of D1 commits already. He's got a good, good club out there at Cactus Shadows in Arizona. Um, and he said the exact same thing. He said, I want him to be mentally tough on and off the field. Um, and, and I've always learned just through my professional life. Um, and I tell people all the time when I, when I visit with them, I can train you how to do what I do, but I can't train your personality. So I need to know what your personality is first. So I know how to talk to you because I'm sure you have players that you can ride them pretty hard and you get success out of them. There's others that you can't ride very hard, but you have to talk to them differently, but you're going to get success out of them. Absolutely. It's, I, I love that. I love that comment. So add to that. So let's take that a step further. Um, how do you feel that players today, especially the players that you're around can increase their abilities, obviously being mentally tough by all means, I love that, but what do you think they can do to increase their abilities? Well, I mean, it's funny. This may sound a little odd, but I've noticed this. So there's a lot of things that happen in the game that kids don't understand. And I first, question I asked him I go do you ever watch baseball at home and they're like no and I go that's your problem mm-hmm. I go you'll learn a lot from watching baseball because you sit there and you see things that you really wouldn't see as a player now you're watching it from the outside looking in and you're seeing different things abilities you know the it's the little basic things basic things to me that matter like people are like well, his arm strength is not this, his arm strength's not that. Well, it's because he doesn't soft toss, he doesn't long toss long enough. It's a five, 10 minute thing. I see these kids, I remember back in the days when we played, we couldn't throw the ball straight <laughs> until we went from line to fence. Yep. And then as we started coming in, then we started straightening it out. And when I played, I there was guys that had cannons out there. You know, now it, it's, it's, you know, they, they don't put the, that's that's a good question they just don't put the time into it um a lot of kids do but i think to increase their abilities is i think they need to follow something that they're comfortable with meaning they're getting too many people telling different things what to do and when you start doing that you're going to main you're going to stay at the same level you're not going to increase you're not going to do anything but stay at the same level find something that's comfortable with you like we see a couple of times in our kids and their stances are kind of off a little bit, but their swings are picture perfect. We don't touch it. It's working. He's getting hits. He's getting on base. We leave it alone. But overcoaching sometimes hurts a kid. And I think for a kid to increase his ability, find something that you're comfortable that is working for you. And don't let somebody else come in and say, well, hey, maybe if we do this a little bit, this will make it better. And it doesn't usually work that way. It kind of makes it worse. So I think they just need to focus on what is the most comfortable with them, what fits to their style and stay with that. 
you know, not to pick on anybody in the MLB because everybody that's there is, I mean, they're better than I was. Um, but you talk about mental toughness, you talk about being a student of the game, you know, do you watch it? Look at that play where Javier Baez stole first base and then stole second base this last season. You saw that, right? Yes. Okay. And you look at that. Now imagine that first baseman, where's he at mentally when he comes up to bat? Can he take that out? Cause he knows that's going to be on diamond vision for the rest of his career and far past his career. But can he take that out and be a student of the next at bat? And I love the way that you, you teach the kids to be a student of the game because it's, I think that's where the success is, right? I mean, that's, you know, that's it, the way we learn. It's not just about what's being told to you. Visually is, I feel visually is the best way to learn how to correct a mistake, to get better, to, like you said, to increase your ability. Um, there's a lot of different things. I mean, there's the workout. I mean, the game has just absolutely progressed to where it's, you know, I see the difference from back when we played and I, and I see it now and I'm like, you know, myself, I have to keep up with it. So I'm constantly watching. I'm constantly learning. I mean, I can go to a Little League game and find some, oh my, wow, that looked pretty good. You know, I'm going to try to throw that in a little bit. Um, but it's, it's just, it's going so fast. And I think these kids with all the new ways of lifting and the way they're stretching and the way, you know, all the pregame stuff with, you know, all these different type of balls they're throwing. And I mean, they just, they have to be dedicated or it's just not going to get better for them. If they're not dedicated because this game keeps adding something new all the time. And if they're not keeping pace with it, it's just, they're going to be behind. Absolutely. So what would you tell a kid then? A kid comes to you and says, coach, my goal is to play in the MLB. Okay. What are you going to tell the kid Let's assume that they're talented enough, right? Um, we're, you're not talking about your fourth string right fielder, right? Let's right. say that they're talented enough. What are you going to tell them to focus in on to get to that level? And maybe what not to focus in on, right? Okay, so that's a good question. So I have a player like that right now. Uh, he's projecting going to first round, maybe the first 10 picks in Justin Crawford. His dad played many, I think it was 15 years, then will be Carl Crawford. Oh, yeah. Um, so him and I have had long talks. Now he has an advisor too, but I've talked with him and the mom because it's not my first rodeo with, you know, dealing with kids that are a high profile player. So I've, I think we've had this conversation on the phone. Yeah. We, we, you know, I've been there. So I tell him first things first, I go, you're going to have to learn to prioritize. Okay. That means you got to let your advisor know, um, you are a high school senior. Um, you need to make sure all your meetings with all the pro teams or the scouts or whatever it may be is going to be after practice, not during practice. You need to focus on your senior year. Um, you need to make sure you're on time. You need to make sure you're respectful. You need to make sure every day of practice, whether there's scouts there or not, you are busting your butt to the best of your ability. You're going to lead by example. Um, you're not going to walk around with the swag because you're this and you're that. Um, you're going to be a team player or you can be a first rounder sitting at home, not playing for my team. And that may be kind of harsh, but they think it's going to be easy. Once they sign, it gets more difficult than they've ever faced. Um, now he's had his dad, you know, in his life. So his dad has kind of probably given him the ideas of how things work, but 
his dad, I've had a conversation with his dad. He flew in, we had took him a tour around the school. We sat for a long time and talked. And he says, you know, coach, he goes, you know, I did my homework on you. I talked to a lot of pro scouts. I talked to division one schools. And they said, if you, they want, if you want your kid ready in all facets of the game for being a pro, he goes, you got to send him to Gorman. He goes, he's going to keep that kid in a straight arrow or in a straight line, excuse me, he's going to keep him in a straight line. And he's going to make sure that he is prepared at every level of the game. And that's being able to handle the pressures of having to hit before the, the game to the scouts, um, having to have these meetings all the time and still how to stay focused on your academics at Gorman, because that's very hard at Gorman and to play and stay healthy um you know i tell them eat healthy sleep um you know justin crawford is a 61960 and that's laser and that's laser all the mlb camps he's been to and i'm on him about stretching i'm on him about it every single thing he's got a rip in his pants i'm on him about that i go you know what you need to look like a player at all times. Rip pants ain't going to cut it. I go, as stupid as that may sound, it's the image. Eye test is everything. How you talk to people, how stay off social media. Um, it's all about making sure you do the right things. And, you know, and sometimes kids are like, well, you know, they do this. And I go, well, you know what? They got, they earned it. They got to that point. Now they can do whatever they want. Their adults are getting paid millions and millions of dollars. You have done nothing yet to earn that spot. And mm -hmm. so I just kind of, I'm in his life. I'm in all my players' lives. I just wanted to make sure they stay focused because it's a crazy world out there, especially nowadays. And, you know, you can easily get straight away doing something you're not supposed to be doing. And I make it to the, where they understand. And I'm real with them. You know, if, if there's a kid who thinks he's going to get drafted, but he's not going to be that type of kid now, I tell him to focus on making sure you go to a junior college or to a big D1 out of our school. I go and let them develop you even further and then you'll have your chance. But the thing is, don't believe you can't. If you believe that you can do it, then work, show the work ethic that is going to prove that you're going to be that guy. Well, as it, as the old saying goes, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, exactly. I love coach how you handle because these, you know, where you're talking about kids, right? You're talking about 17, 18 year old kids. And the thing that they used to play in their backyards and dream about or play in Little League, some of them it's becoming a job at 17 and 18 years old, what is what you just described mm -hmm. with this kid, you know, with this one individual and, you know, helping them understand that, you know, you still have fun. You're a senior, you know, enjoy it. Heck, make a mistake. Go toilet paper somebody's house. I don't don't get in too much trouble. <laughs> but be a kid, right? Too. Yeah. You know, there will be plenty of time for being an adult. So, don't okay, be cook. afraid to fail. Do not be afraid to fail because if you do, then you're not going to give 100 percent effort. Exactly. 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 Coach, you've been awesome. I'm going to ask you one last question. Sure. Okay. With the exception of the obvious, which would be drugs um, or substance abuse. What would you tell a player to avoid doing while they're playing and while they're trying to develop to get to that next level? Um, well, I'll be honest with you, you know, I've, what I've seen over the years, steroid issues become really big. Yeah. Uh, I see kids one year, next year, you know, I'm like, next year, I'm like, you got to be kidding me right now. 
<laughs> um, you know, I, I just look at it this way, you know, and, and it's all about now. Everything with the kid is about now. Uh, they don't have the patience. They don't want to work to make it a long lasting thing. And I've seen a lot of kids take steroids um, and health wise, they don't care. Yeah. Um, you know, they think they're going to beat the system. You're going to eventually get caught with it. You're not going to be able to run from it. Um, but it, it's just, uh, they, there's a, I could throw a hundred things in there. You know, like I told you earlier, social media, steroids, going out with your buddies and drinking and doing something stupid because I've seen a lot of kids' futures go in the absolute wrong direction because of one little mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, you have a dream, right? You want to go to the bigs. That's, that's your dream. So are you disciplined enough to stay away from parties, drinking, social media, steroids? Uh, don't cheat to get better. You don't need to cheat to get better. Just work harder. Um, I, I know this is not going to go well with a lot of people, but I think you need to focus about yourself and to kind of stay out of a relationship. Um, I see many kids break up their girlfriends or their girlfriends break up with them and they are completely done. They're done. And that's a big thing. That really is a big thing. People are like, Oh, that's just not right to say, but I've seen many athletes get destroyed with that. They had great futures and they could, they couldn't function afterwards. Um, but the bottom line that I say is stay true to yourself, stay true to the game. You know, what you'll have a better feeling knowing that you gave everything you did, you did it the right way, and you'll appreciate it more when you're rewarded when you get that draft one day, you know, and you did it the right way. Now, it's a cruel world out there, and it's a cruel game because a lot of people are taking everything they possibly can to get the upper hand. That's in every sport, actually. But my advice is, you know what, if you have the skills – in every part of the game, strong arm, quick bat speed, can run good. You got your mechanics and your technique are perfect. Just make sure you, you, you eat right. If you have a trainer, a lot of these kids have their own trainers. Do the proper workout. Don't be trying. I, we have a place out here, and I'm not going to mention names, that you can't even mention where you work out unless you bench press over 225 and squat over 500. That's not the right type of lifting that you need for baseball. And that's football. So huh? that's football. It, right. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm like, you know, and I've seen kids that play for me that are big, but they're robotic and they can't move. Their swings affected. They can't throw. They, they, they can't get the arm slot correct. Um, the thing I just say, you know what? It's tough, but that's what we talk about mental toughness. Yeah. If you can avoid all these negative things, and of course you're human, everybody's going to make a mistake, but if you're mentally strong to correct it. And, you know, I always tell my kids, and this is goes to the answer that you're looking for. I always tell my kids every single day when we come to practice and especially when we come to games, our goal is to play perfect. And then I look at them and I says, perfect is a pretty hard damn thing to do in anything yeah. in life. But if you strive for it, and you're going to be real close to it, you've accomplished what you wanted to accomplish. So that's what they have to do. They have to just have mental toughness, stay the course, and don't let anybody that doesn't have the same opportunity of a great future that you have take you away.
That's a, coach. That's a perfect answer. That's a perfect answer. And I'm uh -huh. glad. I'm glad that that was your your final answer. That's. Um, I I think there I, I think there's so many things out there that can distract kids. I I mean our our coach my junior and senior year our varsity coach encouraged us not to have girlfriends um, during the season. He says date as many girls as you want, but don't have one because that don't <laughs> let you get distracted. <laughs> like yeah. Well, it, I just, it's crushed my heart. And I've seen some really good kids mm -hmm. throw their baseball career away because of that. And now, you know, I, I see them and they're struggling a little bit in life. And it's just sad. It really is sad. But it all goes back to the very beginning, mental yep. toughness. Yep, exactly. Well, Coach Gino, you have been a fantastic interview. I am so grateful that you took time out of your, your evening to visit with me. Um, I... I can't imagine that the youth that are listening to this or the parents that are listening to this won't get at least a nugget or two out of this. So I'm so grateful. Thank you for your time tonight. You know what? I appreciate you having me and it was, it was a great night and thank you again. I appreciate it. You bet. Uh, let me say this. Let's, let's get you back on here sometime soon uh, with a, a separate it. set of questions and we'll talk some more. I would definitely love it. Thank you. You bet. Top fans, uh, Coach Gino from uh, Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas, Nevada. He has been a fantastic interview. Uh, for you parents out there listening to this, by all means, take some notes, teach your kids these things, especially the mental toughness stuff. For you players out there, listen to him. He coaches at a, at a school that has been very, very successful. Um, and so I'm just grateful to have him on. And, and Gino, will have you back on here on another segment. But top fans, enjoy this. Make any comments that you like. Leave us uh, messages either on social media or um, anywhere that you'd like. Uh, remember, you can go to the team store. You can enter the, the code Bishop Foreman. It will give you a dollar off the merchandise, but it will also donate 20% of that purchase out to the program. So let's see if we can't raise you know, the coach a little bit of money for his program. So, Coach, thanks again for, for being on tonight. We'll have you on soon. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Bill. You bet.